Hello friends, and welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. Today is a solo episode with me, Christina, your host, and all of you lovely folk who are listening right now. I haven't done a solo episode in a while. Uh, I know like a month ago I said I was going to change up the format of the podcast, so every other week I would have an interview with a guest and then the other other week I would do a solo episode but um it's been the holidays it's been a little weird I did the hot and spicy pickle awards episode which was so much fun to record I got to wear my sparkly sequin dress on video and eat actual hot and spicy pickles while I talked about how amazing my guests were it was really great. Um, thank you so much to everyone who reached out and said thank you. Um, I should really be thanking you because, first of all, you agreed to be on this podcast <laughs> without really knowing much about it. And also, every one of my guests I've had has really delivered in their own way, whether that means being really vulnerable and saying things they've never said before, maybe, or just putting on a really great show for my listeners and um, being informative and funny and heartfelt and all the great adjectives. I am so grateful for all the guests. Uh, If you missed it, every year I have kind of a virtual awards show for all the guests on my podcast that year. I make up an award for them and give it out, and it's just something I like to do to say thank you. If I recorded with you last year, but I have not yet published that episode, then um, technically you'll be a guest uh, for this year, 2022. I had to think about that for a second. How is it 2022 already, and how is January almost over? I have mixed feelings about that. Uh, Y'all know I love New Year's. I love feeling like a fresh start is possible. I love having a clean slate or, you know, feeling like I have a clean slate. And so January is a fun month in that I get to start fresh and start forming good habits, ideally. But we all know that the reality is it kind of sucks. It's always hard to go back to work after the holidays. Or if you've been working through the holidays, you're a little burnt out. Um... So I think by this point, the magic of January is pretty much gone. If it was ever there to begin with, people are getting tired again. People are getting tired of the cold, dark weather if you're on this side of the planet. And we're just ready for spring now. I guess that's the next thing to look forward to. Let's see. What? Yeah, I don't think there are any holidays between now and like March. I guess Easter if you're religious. Valentine's Day? (laughs) Oh, God, I I could probably do a whole episode about Valentine's Day and how much it sucks for your mental health. (laughs) I'm a little biased because I've never celebrated Valentine's Day. When I was with a partner, uh, we just didn't really care for it. And I still don't care for it. I think it's kind of one big ploy to get money, but that's just me. Uh, I actually am in a relationship right now that I've kind of hinted at in previous episodes, but I haven't talked about it yet because it just wasn't the time. Uh, So I guess I'll start this solo episode with just a life update on how I'm doing. Well, yeah, the cat's out of the bag. I'm in a new relationship. It's amazing. I met him on Hinge. He posted a picture of himself wearing this merch of a band we both like, and It's not a very well-known genre, so I immediately messaged him and said that I had tickets to that show two weeks from that date and that we should go. 
And so it was just kind of natural from there. We've spent a lot of time together and had a lot of fun. Our tastes and values align so much. We have very similar things we want to do with life, and we have similar senses of humor and aesthetics and all that bullshit. Um, Yeah, it's really nice to be with someone and have it feel so easy. One thing society tells us is that relationships are work, and they definitely are, but I think in my head, I convinced myself that if I ever did find the right relationship, quote-unquote, then it would just be because I have gone through all the work or that I became good at doing the work. But being with this person just makes me realize, oh, it's possible to be in a relationship and have it feel easy. You don't always have to second guess yourself. You don't always have to put aside your needs and wants for the other person. If it's right, then it'll just feel natural. And that's kind of my hot take for, for the year, honestly. Um, I've spent so much of my life struggling that when things are good, I doubt it. And I know a lot of you can relate to that uh, because when you are in a crisis growing up or in your adult life, and that's what you're used to, it feels normal to be in a crisis. It feels normal to be in crisis mode, which is definitely a thing for me. When things are good, I feel restless And it's like all my little demons come out to play and start whispering in my ear to fuck things up. Because if you fuck things up, then life can't fuck things up. And you have, uh, you're one step ahead. (laughs) I know, it doesn't make any sense, but don't pretend you haven't felt like that. Maybe. If you're listening to this podcast, at least, there's a good chance you felt like that. So I'm trying really, really hard not to self-sabotage. It's again, hard for me to know what to do when things are going well, but also it's hard for me to feel like I deserve it. I I think everyone deserves love, no matter who they are or what they've done. And I I have mixed feelings about the expression, you can't fall in love with someone until you fall in love with yourself. I think it's kind of insensitive to people who do struggle with mental illnesses, because if, if you do have a mental illness, especially if it's chronic, you're not always going to love yourself or like yourself. And that doesn't mean you don't deserve to be with someone who makes things feel a little bit better. That's all we're trying to do at the end of the day. You know, relationships can fix a lot of things. But at the end of the day, I think we all need that human band-aid to kind of slap on our wounds and make us realize that healing is possible. Uh, it just feels really good. Why would you want to walk around with a, with a bleeding cut on your finger when there's a nice pink band-aid you can just throw on there and carry around with you and have people compliment? <laughs> I don't fucking know what I'm talking about at this point. If you're with someone, great, I promise. They're more than a band-aid. That's not what I'm trying to say. But, um, yeah, if you're fucked up, you deserve to be happy, too. You deserve to find love. And I really do believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that there's someone out there for everyone. I know. I I hated listening to people say this when I was in the throes of my depression and addiction. I I would think, you know, other people can find someone, but I'm not going to. Or at least I won't find someone until I have all my shit figured out. 
which just makes me so sad to think about because I really didn't believe I had what it took or deserved to be with anyone at the time. Um, And I will say this, when I first moved to Seattle in January 2019, I was single for two years, I want to say, like two full years. And it was a really miserable two years, but not all of it. Like I, I definitely learned a lot. I would probably wouldn't have gone to detox for my alcohol use if I had been with someone. It, it kind of forced me to confront who I was by myself with no one else there. And that obviously needed to be addressed. And once it was addressed, I like to say I came out as a better person with a more deep understanding of myself. And sure, you can still do that when you're with someone. But for me, in my case, I was happy to be single at the time because I did a lot of growing. And, you know, since then, I've been in a few other relationships that didn't work out. And those were learning experiences, too. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that your ex-partner was a bad person if the relationship didn't work out. Obviously, some relationships are toxic and need to be uh, gotten rid of. But yeah, I don't regret any of it. Not for a second. And like I said, the person I'm with right now is just incredible. Uh, We've been going out for maybe two months at this point, but it feels like a lot longer. Uh, Everything I'm saying right now, I just feel like it's really cringy, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. But I'm happy, and I think I do deserve this right now. Um, I'll keep you all updated. But um, I'm really happy right now. I'm really happy to be with someone. Speaking of deserving things, I've been thinking a lot about validity lately. I know, I know, it's a buzzword. You're valid, I see you, all that good stuff. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, and you're wondering, you are valid, 100%. Um, But it's something I struggle with a lot, and I just talked about how happy I am and how well I'm doing. I haven't really purged since the beginning of this month, and my other toxic coping mechanisms are going down, and I've just been feeling really good, really happy, pretty stable. So... When I do still feel depression and anxiety, which happens quite often, I feel like I shouldn't be. I feel like I don't have any reason to feel shitty right now. And so either there is something very wrong with me or I'm just doing this for attention or because mental illness is so much a part of my identity right now that I don't know who I am without it. And so... That's why I still feel these things. Not because I'm actually sick and my problems aren't going to go away very quickly, especially without healthcare. So I'm not in counseling right now. I'm not on medication. I just made a huge life-altering move and started a new job and a new relationship. Like, how dare I feel anxious or depressed, right? very selfish. So as is the tradition of these solo episodes, I'm going to be reading one of my old journal entries from 2012. It's been a while since I read an entry on here and I was trying to find just the perfect one. I wanted to find something that I could read and take lessons from, like something that paralleled what I'm going through right now. And boy, did I deliver to myself. (laughs) 
Uh, I found this entry from March of 2012. So before I read it, I want to kind of paint a picture of where I was at the time in my life. So I was at a, a Christian university in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 700 miles away from my family in Chicago at the time. And the reason I had chosen that school was because, A, it was 700 miles away from my family at the time, and B, my dad uh, really pushed for it because he had gone there in the 70s. And the year before in 2000, oh, I guess if this journal entry was written in 2012, I had started attending in 2010. So this would have been two years after uh, around the time I dropped out, actually. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I dropped out in 2012. But at the time of this journal entry, I was still going. I was dating my first boyfriend who I met at that school. And I was feeling really unhappy. I had a lot of great experiences at that school. Uh, growing up homeschooled, I hadn't had many social activities or anything like that. So uh, and, and nor had I been exposed to partying or party drugs. And so I had had a lot of experiences. I'd met a lot of people and I, I, I still wasn't happy. I, I couldn't see myself staying there because of all the, the religion stuff. And I was studying uh, media production and I didn't want to do that either. Uh, fun fact, actually, this is a little tangent, but... It was at that school that I first learned how to record and edit audio, and that class was my least favorite class. I hated it so much. I was really bad at it, and it's funny that I do this now as a hobby because never in a million years would I have imagined that I could even know how to put a podcast episode together. Not that I do it well or anything, but um, I've come a long way, and I'm giving myself a pat on the back for that. Anyway, so March 2012... I was feeling really discontent. I was at that school, but I wasn't really feeling it. And as a result, I was feeling a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression, but things were going so well. So there couldn't possibly be a reason why. <laughs> of course, now that I look at it from the lens of 2022, I think obviously you didn't know who you were. You didn't know what you wanted. You were kind of stuck, and so of course you were feeling those things. But at the time, I felt like I had no reason to. And so, um, this journal entry from March 27th, 2012 really illustrates that. Alright, so I'm gonna read it. None of us deserve anything. I don't deserve to be getting an education at a private school, and yet I am. I complain about its rules and restrictions, but the fact is there are people who would take my place in a heartbeat. Who am I to quibble over frivolities? I don't deserve to have people who care about me. I don't deserve such a loving boyfriend who helps me realize when I'm being ridiculous and tells me I'm beautiful. Some people fucking kill themselves because they feel like they're alone. I don't deserve to be part of a family that is whole and that, for whatever miraculous reason, still loves each other. So we've had financial crises and stress and pills and children in behavioral hospitals. We've also had road trips and board games and raucous laughter and meals where we all sit together as a family. How often in America does that happen? My parents are still married, and I take it for granted. I don't deserve the clothes on my back, nor the quote-unquote toys I've accumulated over the years that now gather dust on my shelves, nor the ability to go and buy a $4 cup of coffee. 
I complain about my hair or the state of my complexion, and yet never ponder the fact that I can run and climb six floors of stairs and wear a bikini if I wanted to. I don't deserve anything, but I've got it. Now what? Okay, so that's the end of the entry. I first want to go over the last paragraph complaining about my hair or the state of my complexion, but never pondering the fact that I can run and climb six floors of stairs and wear a bikini if I wanted to. First of all, anyone can and should wear a bikini. At the time, I was really, really tied to the idea that only people with a certain body type could. uh, And if I wasn't that body type, that I couldn't. And that's that's fucking bullshit. Um, (laughs) Obviously, I've grown in that area. But also that sentence made me laugh because I talk about running and climbing six flights of stairs. And at the time, I was 20. I was 20 when I wrote that. So at the time, even though I, I had been suffering from an eating disorder for a couple of years, I was in pretty good shape. And it makes me laugh now because I'm almost 30 and I can't do any of those things, at least not without a lot of pain. Uh, funny how life works out sometimes. Anyway, so the meat of that entry, obviously, was the concept that I've just been talking about, which is validity and deserving things. If there's one thing I would tell myself, it's that, yes, you do deserve help. I talk about how guilty I feel for having all these things and not taking advantage of it or not appreciating it. First of all, that's normal. And the the thing I notice most of all, though, is just the, the theme of guilt and shame. Like, even though I don't mention the word guilt, I can just feel it soaking up from the pages. And it's just really, really sad because it went on to be a few years before I felt like I deserved help. And even after that, the whole Seattle chapter, I didn't feel like I deserved anything the whole time I was there. It's still something I struggle with. Obviously, 10 years later, I still feel like because I have all these amazing things in my life, I don't deserve anything. And that's the danger. Oh, hi, Dexter. My parents' dog just walked in, um, as he does. Dexter, I I was onto something there. Yeah, that's right. Walk away. (sighs) Ah, pets. What was I even saying? Oh, yeah, comparisons. Comparisons are so toxic because there's always going to be someone worse off than you, and there's always going to be someone better off than you. And so if you wait around to match someone else's trauma, it's it's not going to happen. Like, yes, my parents are still married. Yes, my family uh, generally loves each other. No one's disowned anyone else that I know of. But we still have our problems. In my immediate family history, I have uh, bankruptcy and addiction and eating disorders and spiritual abuse and all this stuff that someone else might not have struggled with. And that's just part of my story. You know, I have trauma from it. And I hate to use that word. I didn't even start using that word to describe my experience until recent years because I felt like I didn't deserve, quote unquote, to call myself traumatized because my family loved each other. And I haven't hadn't suffered any major medical drawbacks from my eating disorder yet or whatever. So the thing to realize is that the end result is the same and the end result dictates that you need help. So, for instance, I might be traumatized from one thing that I don't see as big a deal as someone else, and they might be traumatized from something that I, I see as more, quote-unquote, traumatic. 
but in the end, we're both traumatized and we both need help. And that's what we should be focusing on. Also, I'm kind of confused by how guilty I feel about having all these things. It it makes me think about my self-worth and my self-esteem and why don't I feel like I deserve those things? You know, on one hand, I feel like I don't deserve to get help because I'm not traumatized enough. On the other hand, I feel like I don't even deserve to have those things in the first place. And it's just like a, a spiral. You can you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and try to find the root issue, but it just comes down to poor self-esteem for me and a lack of security. Like maybe none of the good things I have in my life feel secure. And so I tell myself I don't deserve them and that if they went away, it would just be right <laughs> because I didn't deserve them in the first place. And that kind of seems like a coping mechanism in and of itself. So, I don't know. When I read this, I think I haven't changed a lot. But also, I think at this point, even if I don't feel like I deserve anything, I think at least my brain can tell me myself that I do. And I guess that's the difference 10 years has made, is that I'm educated about this stuff now, and I've been to a lot of therapy and read a lot of books and talked to a lot of people, including this podcast, obviously. And I know this is something everyone struggles with, and it's not weird. And I do deserve help, and so do you. Um, Hold on, I'm going to take a quick break to go grab some more coffee, and then I'll be back to talk about some other stuff in my life. You know, in the office, when Michael is trying to get everyone's attention, and he just yells, SEX! That's basically what I'm doing right now. Um, I want to take a quick break from this conversation to talk about sex. Do you find yourself getting stuck in your head during sex? You're definitely not alone. As a cishet woman who was raised in a sexually repressive environment, I'm no stranger to associating sex with anxiety. Uh, But what I've realized in recent years is that men struggle with this stuff too, and in overwhelming numbers. Yet for a lot of male-identifying folk, talking about their sexual insecurities is a hurdle in and of itself. That's why I'm telling you about Sex Warriors, a mindfully queer guide to sex and anxiety for men. Written by guest David Kalili, this interactive workshop is perfect for anyone who gets stuck in their thoughts or struggles with being present enough to enjoy sex and dating. Not only will it help you stop avoiding sex and rebuild intimacy with your partner and yourself, It'll also help you learn where your sex anxiety comes from in the first place and how you can use grounding skills to lessen its impact on your life. Uh, Sex Warriors was written for male identifying individuals, but it can also benefit their partners as well as therapists and coaches who might work in the sexual wellness industry. Uh, I'm not a man, but my partner is, and we love how this workbook is constantly encouraging you to just slow down and communicate your anxieties, even if it's a little awkward in the moment. It's all worth it. Um, so if you want your own copy of Sex Warriors, I'm offering an exclusive discount for y'all. Uh, go to rousetherapy.com or bit.ly slash pickles15 to purchase the entire workbook for 15% off. That's 15% off an already amazing price of $17. So basically you can get it for like $14.45 with pickles15. So um, yeah, just go to bit.ly slash pickles15 or just use pickles15 at checkout to stop shaming and start loving today. Okay, I'm back and I wanted to talk about an important milestone that has happened 
recently in my life, which is my one year anniversary of going to treatment in Seattle. One year ago, I was extremely bulimic. And at the end of my rope, I started a GoFundMe to help me get into eating disorder treatment. And not only did I meet my goal within 24 hours, but I just received an outpouring of support from people who either had eating disorders themselves and they could relate to me or just well-wishers reaching out and saying they admired me and they believed in me. And that in itself was quite the life changer. But I want to talk about the actual experience of being in treatment. I was in residential treatment for a month, and then I was an outpatient for two more months. So January through March, I was in treatment, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I always wonder what would have happened if I hadn't done it. I mean, it was during treatment that I decided to move back to Virginia to be closer to family. I don't know if I would have had that idea if I hadn't been in a residential wing with all this time on my hands and endless journaling prompts. Um, I I did a lot of thinking in there, and it made me realize that I don't often sit still and give myself time to think about stuff like that. I'm always go, 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 getting stuff done. In the past, the only way for me to slow down is to be on drugs. And that's definitely something I have to focus on is not spreading myself too thin and just having me time to journal or make art or work on this podcast or whatever introspective activities. So that was one of the biggest things treatment did for me is give me the chance to have these introspective moments and make the decisions that I maybe wouldn't have made otherwise. I I was just talking to Caroline, my sister, who's been on a few episodes before, about our dating experiences and how happy we are that we didn't end up with the people we thought we were going to marry like 10 years ago. I mean, she was saying, I am not the same person I was 10 years ago, even five years ago. And honestly, I was like, I'm not even the same person I was a year ago. Like a year ago, I was in residential treatment for my eating disorder on the other side of the country. That And that's just wild to think about because 2021 was definitely the most monumental year of my life and because of that it feels like longer than a year it feels like I've gone through an entire life's journey in the last 365 days and so when I just sit back and really think about it it's kind of exhausting I feel a lot of gratitude, but also I feel exhausted because honestly, if you told me I had to go all through all that just to be happy, I probably wouldn't have done it because it seemed like too much work at the time. That's kind of what I wanted to close out this episode with is a discussion or it's not a discussion because y'all can't talk to me right now, but um, you can listen. And I want you to think about what you have done for yourself lately that you wouldn't have done if you knew how hard it was going to be. What have you done for yourself lately that you wouldn't have done if you knew how hard it was going to be? Obviously, mine was moving here to Virginia and going to treatment for my eating disorder. Those are big ones. Those are obvious ones. But another one that I've been thinking about lately to to tie the theme back to relationships, I probably wouldn't have dated as much last year if I knew that none of them were going to 
end up well. Not that all of them ended up badly, but when you start dating someone, at least when I was dating people, that was my intention was to find a long-term relationship. And none of them really turned out that way, except for obviously the one that I'm with now. But um, it's still early. Who knows? Maybe he'll get scared of me and run away. (laughs) I know he's listening to this. So Um, anyway, I was telling Caroline how exhausting dating is because she's kind of in the same boat right now. It's it's really hard. And on top of that, you have all of the other obligations in your life. You have your work, you have your health, your family, your responsibilities. Dating seems like too much trouble. And honestly, that's where I was when I met the person I'm with now. I wasn't ready to date, or at least I told myself I didn't have time to date and I just needed to be alone for a while. And this came right off the heels of a very surprise breakup. And so I was definitely burned. So talking about stuff that we went through that we wouldn't have gone through if we knew how hard it was going to be, I definitely wouldn't have seen all those people I did last year if I knew that they wouldn't turn out okay. But the whole point is that it's because I went through all those experiences. It's because I quote unquote failed those relationships that I'm in the relationship I am now. I really don't think that everything is is set in motion by the universe and what's going to happen will happen. I, I don't really believe in that. I don't think everything happens for a reason, but I do think that you can take your experiences and give reason to them. Like you can make them mean something. And so that's what I'm trying to do with all the relationships up till now. I'm trying to use them and learn from them because they don't have to happen for no reason. The point I'm trying to make is that whatever you're going through right now, maybe it seems like no end is in sight. Maybe it seems like hopeless and pointless, but it doesn't have to be. And that's kind of beautiful. The struggle can be kind of beautiful sometimes when it's not being a raging bitch. (laughs) With that said, uh, before I go, this is a really short solo episode, but... Uh, I started school again, and I'm in a class, and it's really time-consuming, so I don't have as much time to work on the podcast as I want. But with that said, if you want to be a guest, I am looking for people to come and talk about mental health with me in the next few months. I've already had a few lovely people sign up, and I'm really excited to share their stories with y'all. But if you've ever wanted to talk to me, to have a vulnerable conversation and just shoot the shit over Zoom, now is your moment to shine. Send me a message with your name and the topics that you would possibly want to cover. Um, I have a, a little link to sign up for Zoom if you're interested. It's super profesh because that's who I am. <laughs> Just one professional bitch with a, a podcast and two cats. But yeah, I'm scheduling for guests. I would love to have you. And for all the people who have been guests in the past few weeks, I am so grateful for you. I love hearing your voices and laughing at your jokes all over again in the editing room. And I can't wait to release your episodes. Next week, I have one of my friends coming on that I'm just so excited about sharing with y'all. With that said, I'm just going to say goodbye because I don't really have much else to talk about. And... My sister wants to watch HBO with me, so (laughs) I'm going to give myself a break to do that, 
And uh, I'll talk to you all next week when I release my next interview episode. Remember to stay safe, treat yourself with kindness, and goodbye until next time. My parents' dog says bye too, by the way. Hello, friends. It's Christina again. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to support Pickles and Vodka, you can give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. If you could relate to anything at all we talked about today, or you just want to say hi, email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast. Stay safe and have a good week. Bye.